0: Hello, Blazers. Welcome to episode 115 of UAB Green and Told, original debut Monday, January 15th, 2024. This podcast gives us a chance to share stories from members of the UAB community. Take a listen back to past episodes at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold on Spotify or the Apple podcast app. And while there, leave a written review so more alums can discover us. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and director of communications in the Office of Alumni Affairs. The Hearn family has had a long history of being connected to UAB. On episode 45 of the podcast, Dr. Joel Hearn talked about composing the UAB fight song as a postgraduate student. Today, we're talking to his nephew, Thomas, or Tom Hearn, a man who owns two degrees from UAB. But beyond that is the other Thomas Hearn, Dr. Thomas Hearn, an administrator who would become one of the longest tenured presidents at Wake Forest and someone who has always remembered his roots in Birmingham.
1: My father would say that um, his time at UAB was the most sort of fruitful for him as a young educator
0: because so many things were being started. And as the younger Tom Hearn will share, his father played a role as an advocate of college athletic reform. And as part of the Knight Commission of Intercollegiate Athletics, he knew long ago where college sports were heading.
1: You know, early on, he was saying You know, colleges and universities are uh, not going to be able to stand up to the big time money, which is really driving a lot of the changes that we're seeing now. I don't think he thought he had answers for it, but he was asking, you know, the questions.
0: Plus, we'll learn more about his son and how he was consoled by a former UAB Hospital COO in choosing his ultimate career path
1: said, you know, Tom, if you really get serious about this, this sort of joint public health MBA program that UAB has is really sort of cutting edge. And so uh, that's why I decided to come back and, and do that when I graduated from college.
0: There are many names that are synonymous with UAB, names like Volker, McCallum, Bartow, and Morazzo. Each has, in one form or another, left significant impacts on the university over its first 50 years. Somewhere on that list is Tom Hearn, a man whose name may often get overlooked in the annals of UAB history, but definitely shouldn't credited with being the inaugural chair of the philosophy department and helping launch the honors program, Hearn left his own legacy on our school, one that dates back to the mid-70s when his family moved to Birmingham and his son began high school.
1: Ended up moving to Birmingham when I started the ninth grade, which I found to be a pretty awkward time to be changing schools because, you know, not knowing anybody from years growing up, you know, that was my my kind of story we lived three or four different places and um you know i get to go back to nashville because i have a bunch of work there and uh, went back to undergrad at william and mary which is where i'd spent 10 years growing up you know still have some family in alabama
0: know, let's let's talk a little bit about you know the differences um when you were when your dad was working for william and mary and decided to move to uab what was it like for you as a kid because it's a little bit bigger here than where william and mary is you already alluded to the fact that your life was kind of uprooted and it was just kind of an awkward age how did you adapt what did you do
1: i think it was an awkward time and uh williamsburg virginia is a pretty small town birmingham is not i was probably more on the shy reserve side than the outgoing side so i um you know i think i struggled for a year or so and then when i was going into the 10th grade i sort of became very interested in tennis and that became a sort of something that pulled a lot of things together for me and i decided i wanted to try to be a competitive tennis player and that sort of helped my grades and gave me focus and uh, frankly was what i was uh you know if you talk to people that knew me in high school they probably would say he was the nerd who played tennis (laughs) so uh that was you know that was sort of my early birmingham experiences
0: what high school did you graduate here
1: i went to the old barry high school which is now hoover high school yep Yep. a lot talking about how big you know birmingham and the sort of whole hoover area has become i think there are now multiple high schools out that way Your
0: dad, during this time that you were in Birmingham, what was his role at UAB as you were living in Birmingham?
1: So my dad was recruited to UAB to be the first chairman of the philosophy department at UAB. So he was a philosophy professor at UAB. As I mentioned before, we, you know, had family in Alabama. And my grandmother at the time was, you know, living by herself and in Birmingham and older. And that was by my mom's mom. And so there was, I think, a strong pull to to come back and and also a sort of sense that there were a lot of things that were new that he'd get the opportunity to do at UAB that, you know, wouldn't exist at a 300 year old college. So that was how he got to. UAB. And he did that for a couple of years and then was promoted to be the um, the dean of the um, humanities, I think was his original title. Found that to be really empowering and was uh, sort of later in his time there was promoted to what was at the time called uh, vice president for university college, which I think is now what they would call the provost's office. So he ran all of the undergraduate and graduate programs outside of the medical school.
0: You made the decision to not start at UAB. You went to William & Mary, as you talked about, for your undergraduate. What was the thought process going back there? Was it just a a familiar area? That's not accurate.
1: I I think I may have mentioned to you, I was... um, on the first recruited tennis team at UAB as a freshman. So I played tennis at UAB as a freshman and then sort of decided that I wanted a more sort of traditional um, kind of college experience. And then I transferred to William & Mary. So I spent one year at UAB
0: and, and uh, three at William & Mary. It wasn't the last time that you would set foot on campus as a student when you transferred as a as tennis, you wound up coming back towards the tail end of your father's tenure at UAB and got two master's degree. What drew you back to town?
1: Well, like a lot of college students when I was a senior, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And UAB obviously has a big and well-known sort of medical enterprise. And um, so when my father and I were driving back to uh, Williamsburg for my senior year, we stopped in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, where I now live, and had a meeting with a guy by the name of Harry Nurkin, who was um, a longtime COO at UAB Hospitals and came to Charlotte to run the uh, what was then the Charlotte Memorial Hospital, which is really now atrium Uh, health and one of the probably top 10 largest health systems in the U.S. And ended up talking to him about hospital administration. And of course, he had uh, spent a lot of time at UAB and said, you know, Tom, if you really get serious about this, this sort of joint public health MBA program that UAB has is really sort of cutting edge. And so uh, that's why I decided to come back and, and do that
0: when I graduated from college. And you overlapped just for a short period of time before your dad left to Wake Forest to become president. And he he spent several decades as president of Wake Forest. How influential was his time at UAB in what he was able to accomplish at Wake?
1: My father would say that um, his time at UAB was the most sort of fruitful for him as a young educator because so many things were being started and the, you know, S. Richardson Hill and the other group of senior leaders who were at UAB at the time were, you know, basically, I mean, the, the school wasn't brand new, but it was really starting its, yeah, um, you know, its growth phase. And so, you know, he would oftentimes say that he got the ability to do so many things as a young administrator at UAB that helped form. And, uh, you know, one of the best examples of that that I can think of is um, UAB is, you know, as you know, occupies 60 some odd blocks of downtown Birmingham. And so there is no difference between sort of the town and the gown. It's all right there together. And when my father went to Wake Forest, that was one of the strategic things that, um that the Board of Trustees at Wake wanted was tighter ties between Winston-Salem and and Wake Forest, which was something my dad had spent, you know, five, six years working on at UAB just as part of his normal uh, work. The other thing that, you know, he talked a lot about was the creation of what was then called UAB Special Studies, which was all of the programs that UAB uh, developed and has for, you know, older adults who want to come back to college or, you know, special circumstances that the uh, that, that folks in Birmingham who might need a class or two could figure out a way to take, and I think that that was something that um, there was a gentleman at, who worked with my father at UAB, John Anderson, who came with him to Wake Forest, who was sort of the long time along with my father, sort of uh, what I call him as sort of the inside person who ran Wake Forest internally on a number of, you know, building and operations kinds of issues that allowed my dad to spend a lot of time sort of outside the university and, and, and also on sort of academic matters. So a lot, a lot of ties, as I mentioned to you before, between Birmingham and Winston-Salem and Charlotte. Uh, Jim Woodward, who was the dean, who fought, who, the provost who followed my father,
0: came to UNC Charlotte and was the longtime uh, provost there. As a student, even though it was just with master's degrees, I'm sure that you got asked a lot, hey, what's your dad do? What what does your mom do? How did those conversations go with, with your peers? Because here, here you are when you were starting your time um, getting your master's at UAB, and your father was one of the top leaders on campus.
1: You know, I don't really have any recollection of that. I, like most graduate students at UAB, I was working full-time and i was going to class uh, the MBA program at the time i think met once a week from six to ten so <laughs> everyone was coming in after work and uh and i don't remember you know we were all sort of heads down you know doing the work and um had an apartment off campus because there was very little on-campus housing there at the time so I just don't remember that being much of an issue. It was more of an issue later uh, when my father was at Wake Forest and he and I share the same name. So that would, I'd get asked that question a lot more regularly.
0: So what aspects of his career at UAB kind of were most valuable in taking the leadership role as president at Wake Forest?
1: One of the things, and I'm not sure this was the most important, but it was an important one is he was there, when they were starting the athletics program at UAB and the sort of the hiring of Gene Bartow uh, from UCLA. Um, You know, my father had uh, spent a lot of time on athletics when they were trying to get it started and uh, ended up in his career being very involved in college athletics reform and um, sitting on a number of NCAA committees. So that was one thing I would tie directly back to to UAB. Um, I also just think his, um, you know, his time there when and it's sort of hard to look back and say what would be the two or three most meaningful things later in his career that he got from UAB, but I think his sense of empowerment and ability to get things done and, you know, that's a sort of credit to the whole UAB leadership uh, team at the time, but uh, the Uh, UAB still is a a state institution, and so he got to know what it was like to work with state legislatures to get budgets appropriated. And so there were just many, many things that he took away from UAB that um, in his whole leadership journey, he, he really credits back to a specific time at UAB when he was being asked to reduce budgets and had an epiphany about leadership. And the per- and like a true academic, he went to the UAB library to try to find a book on leadership and couldn't find one. So he would trace his whole interest in leadership and leadership development back to his time at UAB as
0: well. And that leads directly into the book that was released not too long ago, Leaves from a President's Notebook, Lessons on Life and Leadership. Give us some background on the book. What went into it and why now?
1: My father retired from Wake Forest in 2005 and unfortunately had a recurrence of uh, brain cancer and so he died in 2008 and when he died he had been working on these essays and so uh, literally they sat on the floor in my office for about 10 years and I had to decide what to do with them i could have given them to the special collections at the wake forest library and they would have said you know thank you very much Um, and very few people would have seen them Uh, but during covid we all had a little more downtime than we were used to and my father had been very involved in an organization in greensboro called the center for creative leadership and so the fellow who ran that, I went and met with him and said, you know, I've got these <clears throat> essays, many of which are about leadership, but they're about some other things too. Um, I need some help. Would you help me finish this? And so, uh, they gave me an editor and I ended up getting a couple of my father's former work colleagues to go through this material with me. Yeah. And so that's what led to the book getting finished and published. Uh, why now? I mean, that's, maybe we should have done this a long time ago, but just, uh, I'm glad we were able to get this out and done, and unlike a lot of sort of academic pieces, this is pretty, pretty short, short essays, and really sort of how he felt about a number of things, a lot of uh, references to what it was like growing up in Alabama as a, as a child in the 30s and 40s and 50s, and the impact of You know, a lot of things in society on what he would call small town America. My dad grew up mostly in uh, in Albertville, Alabama, up in North Alabama, south of Huntsville.
0: Just looking through the commentaries and just different essays that he has, you know, it, it ranges all over the board. You had mentioned that he had a passion for athletics and amateurism. What would he think about the state of college sports today?
1: Well, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the essays that are published in this book sort of foretold, not specifically, obviously, about, you know, conference consolidation, you know, NIL and that sort of thing. But, you know, early on, he was saying, you know, colleges and universities are uh, not going to be able to stand up to the big time money, which is really driving a lot of the changes that we're seeing now i don't think he thought he had answers for it but he was asking you know the questions and he had a lot of relationships in athletics with a lot of conference commissioners and um, was always an advocate of the student part of athlete and so i don't think he would be surprised about where we are right now
0: putting this together 10 years after he passed away there had to have been a satisfaction. There had to be emotions that came back to you. What was it like going through the memories and consolidating them in one spot?
1: As I mentioned, fortunately, I had some, some of his colleagues mm-hmm. help me pick the ones to include. And as you might imagine, some of them that were written in the 80s or 90s were not particularly relevant anymore. So that was pretty easy to do a cut on that. But... Um, you know, it was it was fun to go back and, you know, read a, a, a lot of this work. And my father was more of an introvert than an extrovert. And so he would oftentimes write things that he wouldn't tell people. And so that was sort of his way of, of communicating, you know, love or gratitude or, or whatever. So, you know, it was a uh, it was emotional, at, more emotional at first, and then you sort of get used to, okay, we've got a lot of work to do to get this done. What do we need to include? But, uh, but I think it's, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of what he thought about life and extended family and expressing gratitude and in addition to, you know, some leadership lessons and um, sort of how he thought about um, teaching education and leadership in, in the educational sense.
0: spoke of how UAB was influential for your father at Wake Forest. How was UAB influential for you in your professional career?
1: Oh, it was very influential. I um, think back to a lot of the coursework that I had at UAB and the professors, and I had a very good experience there. Um, When I finished, most people who are going into hospital administration do a a residency of some type and so i came to charlotte uh to do that with um with the leadership team the top three of which all came from uab and and two of the three that are still alive i'm you know still in contact with and one of them i spent you know almost 15 years working for in a subsequent business so um and uh, Eli Capiluto, who, uh who is now the president of University of Kentucky, was my classmate. I've, you know, Eli, in addition to being my classmate, was also a family friend with my uh, Uncle Joel, who, you know, wrote the UAB fight song. So lots of connectivity in my life uh, around UAB and almost all of it's good.
0: That's Thomas Hearn the Third. Hearn is a two-time graduate of UAB, earning his MBA from the Class School of Business and MPH from the School of Public Health in 1984. With more than three decades of healthcare leadership experience, Tom is a partner at FCA Venture Partners in North Carolina. As someone who grew up around UAB, Tom definitely has an idea of what it means to be a blazer. I think it means to be bold, and I
1: you know I I view that as UAB was very empowering in my in my life, um, both from an educational standpoint, but um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. I, you know, UAB's done a whole lot of things. Obviously, I've, I've worked my whole career in healthcare, and there's so much entrepreneurial healthcare in Birmingham coming out of UAB that it's not unusual, you know, during a year for us to see three or four companies or ideas. So I was um, on a call less than two weeks ago with a cardiologist from UAB who's, you know, working on some new new idea. It's one of these schools that I think about as being very progressive and doing a lot of really
0: interesting and neat things. Be sure to check out past episodes of the UAB Green and Told podcast. Listen in at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have a story to share or know someone who does? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on social media, Just search UAB Alumni on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers!